Hey, Urban Farm Podcast listeners. If you're as passionate about preserving the bounty of each season as we are, hey, I canned my first peaches at the age of 18, and that was a long time ago, then you're going to love what our friends over at Denali Canning have in store for you. They're on a mission to spread the love and knowledge of food preservation, and they're inviting you to join the journey for free. Right now, Denali Canning is offering free canning lids to anyone who wants to dive deeper into the world of food preservation. Yes, you heard that right, absolutely free. It's the perfect opportunity for both seasoned canners and those curious about starting. Denali is about quality, reliability, and supporting the canning community, ensuring that you get the best results every time you preserve. So why not give it a try? Visit DenaliCanning.com forward slash free to claim your free lids and start your preserving adventures today. That's DenaliCanning.com forward slash free. Do you want to save money at the grocery store, eat more organic, whole foods, cultivate food security, and feel more connected to the earth? If so, then growing your own food is a no-brainer. You wouldn't believe how many people come to me claiming that they can't grow their own food. They think they don't have enough space, that they're too busy, or that they simply don't have what it takes. Perhaps you've fallen for one of these gardening myths. If you think you can't grow food, or if you think the only food that you have access to is what you buy in the grocery store, I have a life-changing webinar that you need to see. It's free and will help you unearth your inner gardener. I've helped thousands of people just like you learn to grow their own food, and I'm speaking from my own experience when I say that with the right knowledge in place, there is no such thing as a black thumb. With this webinar, you can begin making your garden dreams come true and start growing delicious, nutritious food for your family. Just text GARDEN to 44222 or go to IWantToGarden.com and you will receive our free webinar about the seven key factors you need to know to grow your own food. Remember, that's GARDEN to 44222 or IWantToGarden.com. You're listening to the Urban Farm Podcast, your partner in the grow your own food revolution. Whether you've just been introduced to urban farming or you're a lifelong advocate, we're sure you'll leave feeling more informed, equipped, and empowered to dig deeper into the soil of your local food economy. With you every step of the way, here's your host, Greg Peterson. Today on the Urban Farm Podcast, we have Seskia Esslinger to talk about her experience with teaching gardening and creating curriculum. Seskia is a passionate gardener who believes that everyone can grow their own food. She is trained in permaculture, environmental science, and regenerative entrepreneurship. That sounds cool. After turning a house in Anchorage, Alaska into an abundant urban homestead, she created a successful business teaching others how to garden. She recently turned her hands-on food gardening course into a curriculum and manual to help others teach gardening in their own communities. Welcome to the show today, Saskia. Thanks so much, Greg. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm glad you're here because I always love talking about permaculture and regenerative. 
Great. So I shared a bit about you. Can you fill in the blanks for us and share more about the path you took to get where you're at now? Yeah, well, it's a pretty long story, but um, I grew up up in Anchorage and my parents had a big garden and um, we always ate from the garden. I have three brothers, so it was an important part of our growing up. And uh, when I went away to college, I was living in the dorms and eating dorm food. And of course, everybody knows how awful (laughs) dorm food is. Oh, no, it's wonderful food. What are you talking about? (laughs) I was like, you know, you call this broccoli? Like, this doesn't even taste like anything. So I started thinking more about my food, and I was studying time and learning about how awful industrial agriculture is for the environment and just thinking about how backward our system is. And wondering, you know, why more people didn't grow their own food. So it kind of became this crusade of mine to, one, learn how to garden the most environmental way possible, and two, to help other people uh, learn to grow gardens as well. So I kind of took a very roundabout path in achieving that goal. I worked on an organic farm in upstate New York. Wow. Um, That was a ways from home. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I went to college in Washington State in Bellingham. Got it. So I went and leapt from there to New York. I went to Austin, Texas and um, worked with the Sustainable Food Center and coordinated children's gardening programs and developed a gardening curriculum for that. Mm Mm-hmm. And then um, after traveling in Africa and some other places, I finally ended up back in Alaska to kind of um, settle down a little bit more there Uh and kind of get back to my roots. So I finally uh, was able to take a permaculture course Mm -hmm. in 2004 in Stell, Illinois, and it really changed my perspective (laughs) on what was possible. They will do that, won't they? Yeah, incredible. And suddenly I just began seeing possibilities everywhere. Mm-hmm. Let's see, my husband and I eventually bought a house in Anchorage and um, embarked on this pathway to make it more of a sustainable urban homestead. Mm-hmm. And it was awesome. It was amazing. We completely transformed the house inside and out and had a really great time doing it. And it became like this mecca of like just it drew people to it people were really excited about what we were doing and what we were creating Mm -hmm. and I really wanted to uh, I was a waitress at the time and I really wanted to stop waiting tables and start working out this goal Mm -hmm. of teaching people how to garden Uh so (laughs) that was when I decided to master's degree in regenerative entrepreneurship uh, with Gaia University. Oh, tell us about that. Yeah, so Gaia University is an international university and it's distance learning. So they don't exactly have courses. It's all hands-on, self-directed learning. And it is fantastic. It is, I would say, on par with the permaculture course and changing the way that I viewed the world and um, my capacity to make change. Mm -hmm. So I would really encourage anyone that's interested in 
becoming more empowered to check out Gaia University. So um, what What is regenerative entrepreneurship? Let's not step past that because that sounds fascinating. It sounds like something I want to go get a degree in. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's basically have, you know, green business, which mm -hmm. is, you know, making the most, making your business the most green, mm -hmm. which is kind of similar to organic agriculture as how organic agriculture is to um, conventional agriculture. And then the next step past that or completely approaching it from the other side in a way is regenerative entrepreneurship, mm -hmm. which is very similar to permaculture in the way that it is seeking to make the world a better place through business. Mm -hmm. And specifically um, working on the three ethics of permaculture, which is earth care, people care, and fair share. Mm -hmm. So basically the triple bottom line is people, planet, and profit. Right. So we're not just viewing, we're also looking at people and how they exist in this world and how they earn money and how they happy they are right. and stuff like that. So that is um, the basis of regenerative entrepreneurship. Cool. So, yeah. so permaculture in your permaculture design course, for those of us that don't, not us, for those people out there that yeah. don't know what permaculture is, can you kind of give them a sense from your perspective of what permaculture is? Yeah. Yeah. So permaculture is, it's basically taking nature as a guide or a blueprint and using natural principles to come up with patterns of being and better ways of interacting with the world. Um, it comes from the words permanent culture and seeking to form um, a more harmonious way of living with the earth, basically. Mm -hmm. It's a very broad subject, and most people think that permaculture only has to do with gardens and farming. Right. But it actually extends way beyond that because, like I was saying, how we can use permaculture principles to design a business, um, we can also use it to design communities and use it to um, affect all areas of our life. Cool. And it sounds like it's impacted your life significantly. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Like I said, it, it really has... Um, helped me see the world in a completely different way. And like uh, when a lot of people start to learn about everything that's wrong with the world, sometimes it's easy to like there and be like, oh, there's nothing I can do. It's all, it's everything's mm -hmm. so screwed up. Mm -hmm. But permaculture really teaches us to see solutions and to be solutionaries um, in our mm. lives. So solutionaries solutionaries Ooh, I like that yeah so it's really an exciting um, place to be mm -hmm. and and it really helps you approach the world with um, excitement and energy and power yeah. rather than powerlessness yeah cool well thank you so much for that yeah so one of the questions on your list has me going hmm and that's, you once spent a year eating only Alaskan food. 
Yep. How did that go? <laughs> well, we called it the Alaska Food Challenge, and um, I undertook it, kind of co-spirited it with a few other people that were in my permaculture group up in Anchorage. Mm -hmm. And uh, we spent about six months preparing for it and started it in June. And it was quite interesting. We were able to grow significantly increase the output of our garden so much that we couldn't actually eat all the produce that we grew ourselves I in the love city. That. Yeah. And we're able to share it with a bunch of other people. And then it ended up being much cheaper for us because we, even though we spent money on buying a local pig and some local grain and stuff mm -hmm. and local cheese and local milk, we definitely were not spending as much money on lemons and cilantro and like yeah. all this stuff that um, we couldn't have. So it was a really great experiment. And the funny thing is that I happened to be pregnant at the time oh, wow. <laughs> and gave birth to my oldest boy halfway through Whoa. Um, the challenge. Yeah. So, and the interesting thing was my midwife was very concerned about me going on this diet because she was really worried that I wasn't going to be able to get the right nutrients mm -hmm. um, that I needed. And so I gave her a sample of what I was eating and she looked at it and she said that it was by far the healthiest <laughs> um, food that she had of any climate, the healthiest diet of any climate, uh, any wow. client that she had had. So it Bonus. was really amazing that it was not only like it was incredibly difficult in some respects, but it was also incredibly good for us yeah. in other respects. Yeah. Wow. So you said you spent six months preparing for this. Right. What did you, so we, what did you do? Yeah. Well, you can imagine that in Alaska, the food system is pretty uh, tough. There aren't mm -hmm. a lot of, there just really aren't that many farmers up there. I mean, they right. do exist, <laughs> but there it's, it took a lot of sourcing to find out where we were going to get our grains from and our cheese from and, and things like that. So, and then we also, like I said, wanted to prepare in the garden mm -hmm. for really, cause we really wanted to grow and see how much we could grow in our garden. And so we were building new garden beds. We were planting extra seeds. We mm. were, you know, mm -hmm. putting up lights for our seedlings and things like that. So that was all part of the, um, yeah. yeah. So wow. it was, we ate some really, really, really good food. And, um, I was deathly afraid that we were going to run out of green things to eat. So I froze like 40 pounds of kale or something <laughs> Nice. <laughs> and we didn't even come close to eating all of it. <laughs> yeah. Did your, so your family husband went along with this? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, cool. And then my son too. And he was born, he had yeah. no choice. <laughs> yeah. There you go. He was, he was along for the ride. Yep. Exactly. Ride. And he too, I think, you know, most kids are fed, you know, processed baby foods yep. and rice cereal and stuff yep. and no he ate pureed beets and um everything else from the garden yeah. so pureed salmon and really really good food nice nice yeah. nice nice so why did you develop your green thumb food gardening course well i was really 
passionate about, like I said, quitting my waitressing job and earning money doing what I love to do. Mm-hmm. And I had been teaching a few permaculture workshops. I wanted to do a permaculture course, but I didn't have anyone else to teach it with at the time. And I was just really struggling of how I was going to make ends meet teaching or doing permaculture. Mm -hmm. So what I found when I was doing my workshops was that a lot of people were the basics of gardening. Like they had in their mind how you grew a garden and it wasn't at all the reality of really what works. Um, And so I decided that what we really needed was gardening course Mm -hmm. that helped people from the very beginning of starting seeds to the very end of putting their garden away. So like most gardening workshops are just, you know, a couple hours and they don't even begin to cover everything that you need to know. Right. And most people, you know, are a generation removed from ever having grown their own food at least. At least. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So people remember their grandparents having a garden, but they have no idea how to do it. Like they just think they see a picture in a book and they think it's supposed to look like a Peter rabbit, (laughs) you know, with a row of vegetables and a path between. And they have no idea that there is so many, there's way better ways to do that. Yeah. So, the great thing about the food gardening course is that it provided me a steady income because the people paid for the whole course up front. Uh-huh. And so I was able to make that tr- transition from waitressing um, to gardening and teaching people how to garden. Oh, cool. Um, cool just cool. by making that one financial change. Right. So tell us what's included in your course. What's it look like? And yeah, how do people get information about it? So what I was teaching was a very hands-on green thumb gardening course. Yep. And what I did was I wanted to just teach 30 people a year. I wanted to turn that into, you know, at 30 people a year, I'm never going to get to my goal of having a garden <laughs> every yard, you know? Yeah. <laughs> So I needed to form an army of people to help me. And so what I did was I took my curriculum and I changed it into a teacher training so that I could train people to teach the gardening course in their own communities. Mm -hmm. So I think one of the benefits of the Green Thumb course is that it's hands-on. It's not learning through a book or learning through the internet. And I think for gardening, it's really important to have that hands-on training. And plus, every climate is so different. You know, what we do in Alaska is so different than what you guys do in Phoenix. Oh, yes. And so (laughs) you need somebody that is in Phoenix doing the gardening there to be teaching the course. Right. And you need to be able to say, what is this? you know, what is this problem that I'm having with my leaves or what is this bug that's on my plants? And, you know, a teacher in Alaska isn't necessarily going to know what's going on with your plants in Arizona. Mm -hmm. So while I thought that it might, originally I thought maybe I would just put the green thumb course online. I decided that it was much more powerful to teach the teachers and to have 
people locally coming together in a group mm-hmm. to learn about this and to support each other and to develop relationships. Right. So you're really teaching the teachers in an online course. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. So how does your course work? Well, right now it is an ebook. So it is, you get um, a complete manual that has all the information that you need to know about starting your own business and um, in-depth description. And then you get an in-depth description of all of the lessons. Mm -hmm. And there's um, 13 lessons that have their own handouts and you get all of the handouts in a separate document that you can modify to fit your climate and your needs. Wow. So the handouts are two to three pages each. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's quite a lot of information and work that um, will save you so much time and energy. Yeah from having to develop your own curriculum and handouts and everything. Wow, cool. So, and then you also get the support of me and an online community of other Mm -hmm. teachers through a private Facebook group. Nice. Well, I was just going to say that my plan is to turn this into more of a course, um, an online course that where people can um, watch videos as uh-huh. I think that would be better for people, but I, uh, but I'm only at stage one right now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know. I understand that one. It's a process getting online yeah. content up. That's for sure. For sure. <laughs> wow. How cool is that? And how long have you been doing this? Um, I've been working on the curriculum on, well, I've been working on getting the teacher training up for about a year. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah. It's been a learning experience for sure. Yeah. Oh, yes, I know that. But, you know, all this, I I grew up in the 70s and bought a Macintosh in 84, 1984, and then jumped into technology then. And so I've been in technology, deeply in technology since 1984. And this, a lot of the new stuff that's coming out is, it's, it's different and a bit confusing and you know, it has know. its it has its own challenges. You know, I know, yeah. I know, and I have realized that even though I'm middle aged now, I'm forty years old. Uh-huh. I am not. I am not part of the computer generation, right. <laughs> and computers are difficult for me yeah. at times. So it's it definitely takes a lot of learning. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, computer. Well, and and my my biggest frustration is the, the how the technology doesn't work. So, yeah, you know, that's it's supposed you. to work, but it doesn't. So, right. Anyways, <laughs> for anyways. sure. So, talking about permaculture, how have you integrated that or and used it to ve- to develop your business? Well, when I was developing my. Um, green thumb gardening course I really use the the permaculture principle of stacking functions Uh to um, make my business stronger so when I was I was growing food for my family as well as providing a learning environment for my students and for my classes I would 
um, have them build a bed uh-huh. in my garden because that was part of the lesson. And they would learn about building a garden bed and I would also get another garden bed. Mm-hmm. So um, I was trying to find as many ways to stack functions as possible to reap as many benefits as I could for my business. So you use the term stacking functions. I want you, I want you to unpack that a little bit more for people so they get a better understanding of what that means because it's a it's one of in my opinion one of the more important terms in permaculture. Yes. I completely agree. So stacking functions is when you have one element that can serve multiple functions. One element to so, serve multiple functions. Correct. So for instance, my garden is an element and it's serving the function of being a teaching a space for my classes. Mm-hmm. So a teaching garden and it's also serving the function of being a food garden. Cool. Another way that you can look at that is multiple yields. So I'm oh, yes. getting multiple yields from one thing in my design. Mm-hmm. So in terms of a garden, um, my chickens um, provide many yields for me. So they provide eggs to eat, but mm-hmm. they also provide um, a way to compost my weeds and food waste. Yep. And they also provide tilling in my garden. Mm-hmm. So they dig up um, my garden beds for me and eat all my slug eggs and weed seeds for me. Yep. So chickens are functional parts of uh, any garden. Amazing workers. I've said this for years that anybody that has a backyard, a secured backyard. Yes. uh, So a secure chicken coop, you should have one or two or three hens. Well, three or four hens. Let me put it that way. Yeah. (laughs) They're such great workers out in our backyards. Plus they give us eggs. Yep. And they need, they need a flock. So have at least three. Right. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So one of the ways that I've explained stacking functions to people in the past is that when you, you know, when you go to the grocery store, you don't go to the grocery store and then come and then go to the, come home and then go to the pet store and come home and then go to the doctor and come home. You go to the grocery store, the pet store, the doctor, and then come home. And so in planning, in urban planning, which I have a degree in, in urban planning, we call that trip stacking. So that's, I like to kind of point there so that people can really get a good solid idea of this notion of stacking functions. Yes. Yeah. So what else about permaculture? Tell me something cool that you've discovered along the way about permaculture. There's so much. <laughs> oh, I know. Oh, I know. And I know <gasps> I, I kind of blindsided you with that question, but I like to you know, I like to really explore when people are trained in permaculture, I like to really explore it a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Let's see. Well, I like in permaculture how you can use the principles in all areas of your life. Mm. And uh, when my husband and I first went through the permaculture training, we didn't have a garden. And so we really sat down and use permaculture to design our lives. (laughs) I don't know. It might sound silly, but we, we really took stock of our goals and Mm -hmm. we went through the whole planning process and it's made a difference in our lives for sure. And even though we've taken turns and, and changes that I didn't foresee back then, (laughs) 
I still think that it has um, made a profound difference for us. Yeah. Well, I, I like to say that I live a permaculture life here at the urban farm and I, it, permaculture touches every aspect of my life. So in the morning I get up, I um, maybe meditate a little bit. I walk around in the front yard, in the backyard here at the urban farm. And mm -hmm. then I, I commute to work across the back room into my office. <laughs> right. And yep. so, you know, I've really designed a life that works in the flow of nature where I live. So I completely get it when you say that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and a lot of people say, you know, if, oh, if I don't have any property of my own, I can't do permaculture, but that's right. just not true. That's just not true. Exactly. If you're, if you're thinking that I, I encourage you to dig in a little deeper and find out what permaculture really is. Cause it's, it's really, for me, permaculture is a way of being. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. for sure. So, so what is your vision for the future of your business? Well, I would like to see, like I said, mentioned earlier, a garden in every yard. Mm -hmm. You know, I drive around, I'm in Cleveland right now, and I drive around the city and, and I don't see hardly any gardens. Yeah. And there's so much grass everywhere. And I just think, what a shame. You know, there could be yeah. so much food being produced everywhere. Mm -hmm. And we that and my hope for the future of my business is to have an army of people yeah. of teachers that are yeah. working together and I would like to see green thumb classes being offered in every single city in this country and people like needing to grow a garden to, to you know people wanting to mm -hmm. to be a part of that revolution and and feeling like it's not only they they should grow a garden but that they want to they want to yeah yeah i noticed that when i've been to europe twice in the past 15 years and i noticed that both times i was in italy once and i was in um uh, croatia a second time about mm -hmm. 10 years later and when I walked up and down the streets in both of those countries, everybody had gardens. Yes. Everybody was growing food. In fact, I, yeah. my Croatia trip was uh, two years ago, and I went on a um, work study project with Arizona State University. And they brought me along to teach permaculture. And interestingly wow. enough, when I got there, they were already doing permaculture. They didn't need me to teach them how to do it, <laughs> which was really cool. Of course. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But one of the groups that I spoke to while I was there had started a community garden in, and I was there in June. They started a community garden in April and they opened a hundred plots. Wow. The, the hundred plots disappeared in 30 days and they had a hundred person waiting list. Oh my God. For their community garden. So this isn't just something that's happening in the United States. We, we are seeing this all over the world, which yeah. is so incredibly cool. Well, and I've heard and seen that the future of the world is not going to be saved by you know, genetic modification and green 
agriculture. Yeah. It's truly going to be saved by everybody having a small plot and doing their own horticulture in their backyard. Yeah. Amen to that. Yeah. Amen to that. It's so empowering too, to put the future of our world in our own hands instead of someone else's hands. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, really that's the solution. In my opinion, that's the solution is we need to figure it out. We can't count on anybody up there to give us anything. We need to figure it out on our own. Exactly. Yeah. So you and your husband sold your home in Anchorage. What are you doing now? (laughs) Well, um, it was a really, really difficult decision that we had to make, but uh, my husband was was just ready to for a change, and we didn't really know what was next. So mm-hmm. we decided to go traveling, and we bought a 16 foot travel trailer Ooh. and loaded up our two kids uh-huh. and drove south. And we it was winter time, so we kept driving. We got to Mexico. Oh my gosh. <laughs> And we you kept really driving. Drove, you really <laughs> drove south. Yeah, yeah, we did. Hold on. And you kept driving past Mexico? And we kept driving past Mexico. And we got to Guatemala. Wow. <laughs> and we bought a sailboat. So. Okay, we... okay. That, you got me on that one. I was speechless on that one. It's like. I didn't know what to say. It's like, wow. Okay, good. Now, what? And then what? So, and then it was hurricane season. Oh. <laughs> and we still had this trailer in the truck in Guatemala and a sailboat, and we couldn't sail the sailboat and drive the truck. Mm. So we had to leave the sailboat in Guatemala and um, take the trailer back to the States. And so we had to wait out hurricane season. Mm-hmm. And that's where we're at right now. We are um, spending time with Matt's family in Cleveland mm-hmm. and waiting for the hurricane season to pass so that we can head back down there and jump back on the sailboat for a little bit. Nice. How big is a sailboat? It's 42 feet. Wow. It's not quite big enough for a garden, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Well, that's okay. But it's still yeah. It's still exciting. I've been on uh, sailboats multiple times, and it's it's such a different life. It is, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're really looking forward to exposing the kids. The my boys are two and four uh-huh. years old right now, and um, just really kind of opening them up to different ways of life. Oh yeah. And after we go sailing this winter, uh, we're not sure exactly what our next steps are going to be, but we're both kind of hoping to find a place to settle down and and have a garden again. We're both ready for that uh, again. So are you going to be sailing through the Panama Canal? We're not sure yet. All right. Right now, uh, we're probably going to head north from Guatemala. We're on the Caribbean side, and we're going to go... Um, Belize and Mexico and over to Cuba. Oh, nice. Yeah. There's a lot of, a lot of gardening going on in Cuba. Yeah, there is. Yes. Wow. What an adventure. Good for you. Yeah. It's exciting for sure. Cool. Well, congratulations there. Thank you. So I want to shift on you and I'd like for you to talk about a time you failed, how you overcame that failure and what you might have learned from it. Uh. 
Well, there's been so much failure and so much overcoming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'd have to say that every year in my garden, sort of failure from one crop or another. And what I've learned from that, even though I'm supposed to be the teacher, <laughs> I'm not an expert. And it keeps me, one, it keeps me humble. Mm-hmm. And it teaches me that the learning just keeps going on and on and that yeah. there you can always learn more from, from your garden. Yeah. Through, um, through observing. Through observing and, and being present. And when you do have a crop failure, you can figure out what went wrong and um, try to fix it. So you're learning something all the time. Yeah. Yeah. That is the case. So what do you consider your biggest success? Let's see. I really think that my green thumb course has been like an amazing success, even though it it wasn't something that I got rich from by any means. Mm -hmm. I feel like I have developed something really awesome and I'm so excited to share it with the world. Um, and I feel like I'm just getting going with that. Cool. Yeah. Cool. cool, cool. Um, while we're here, where can, and we're going to revisit this again in a minute, but where can somebody find out about your course? They can go to teachgardening.com. Oh, nice URL. Yeah. Yeah. All right, teachgardening.com and I have a little blog that I am doing about various gardening things you know it's kind of focused on teachers and the subjects that I cover in my curriculum but um, you can find out interesting things there and you can also find out more information about the curriculum and uh, become a garden teacher perfect so Saskia what drives you Well, I think it's pretty clear, Greg, that I (laughs) want people to have gardens and to grow some of their own food. Like, I just think it's so important for our mental health, for our physical well-being, to be out in the fresh air, experiencing nature, for our children to know where food, their food comes from, Mm -hmm. for um, just the pure quality of the produce. It's so superior to anything that you can buy um, to be able to grow, go out in your backyard and clip some salad <laughs> for dinner. It's, yeah. There's just nothing really compares to it. And I don't think that people that don't have a garden really maybe don't quite understand that yet. Yeah. And I want to get the word out there that growing a garden is, it doesn't have to be a lot of work. It can be pure enjoyment and and wonderful rewards yeah. all around. Yay to that. So, yeah. So we already know this. I'm all about education, and so are you. And I have to know, is there one book that's been influential for you in this process? Well, I have to say that one of the books that started it all off for me was I was wandering through a bookstore in Seattle when I was in college one day. And I picked up Introduction to Permaculture by oh, Bill Mollison. Yeah. Yeah. And they have the best little drawings in there yep. that really demonstrate the difference uh, between how 
we live our lives and how we could live our lives through permaculture. Mm-hmm. And it really sparked my imagination and curiosity and set me off in thinking about how we can re-envision this world and live more in tune with the earth. Yeah. Nice, nice, nice. So what one yeah. final piece of advice do you have for our listeners? Go out and plant a garden. <laughs> and if you have a garden and you're passionate about it, think about becoming a teacher yeah. because you don't have to be the expert. You just have to have a passion and a little bit of experience to guide people along. And with my curriculum, you can earn a good wage mm-hmm. teaching gardening in your own community. This isn't like trying to sell stuff to people. It's really honest, beautiful, fun work. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the show and sharing your experience with us today, Saskia. It has been a treat getting to chat with you. Yes. Thank you for having me. I really and really appreciate this opportunity yeah. to, to talk to all of your many guests and hopefully um, connect with them Perfect. in the future. So let's, yeah. how can our listeners get a hold of you, number one? They can go to the Teach Gardening website. Um, Again, that's teachgardening.com. Teachgardening.com. If people are interested in learning more about our travels, you can go to my travel blog, which is moxietrek.com. That's M-O-X-I-E-T-R-E-K.com. Nice. Oh, and then I was just going to say, if you want to send, you can also connect with me on Facebook. And my name is Saskia Esslinger, and I'm more than happy to become your friend. Perfect. Perfect. So let's let's just review for people. If they're interested in your curriculum, teachgardening.com. And what what does the curriculum look like, and how much does it cost? Right now, the curriculum is an ebook, and okay. it is the ebook is 122 pages. The wow. handouts um, are another including two games to play with your um, classes. And mm-hmm. that's another, I think, 50 um, pages. And then you get an Excel workbook that has checklists and charts, um, nice. all kinds of different charts yeah. and organizational tools. And all of that, plus um, exclusive membership to a Facebook group for other teachers for only 100 bucks. $99. Wow. Get it while it's hot now because <laughs> when the course comes, the price is going to go up. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, wow. Perfect. Get perfect. it now. Perfect. Perfect. All right. Well, that's it for today. Thanks for joining us on the Urban Farm Podcast. Do you want to save money at the grocery store, eat more organic whole foods, cultivate food security, and feel more connected to the earth? If so, then growing your own food is a no-brainer. You wouldn't believe how many people come to me claiming that they can't grow their own food. They think they don't have enough space, that they're too busy, or that they simply don't have what it takes. Perhaps you've fallen for one of these gardening myths. If you think you can't grow food, or if you think the only food that you have access to is what you buy in the grocery store, I have a life-changing webinar that you need to see. It's free and will help you unearth your inner gardener. 
I've helped thousands of people just like you learn to grow their own food. And I'm speaking from my own experience when I say that with the right knowledge in place, there is no such thing as a black thumb. With this webinar, you can begin making your garden dreams come true and start growing delicious, nutritious food for your family. Just text GARDEN to 44222 or go to IWantToGarden.com and you will receive our free webinar about the seven key factors you need to know to grow your own food. Remember, that's GARDEN to 44222 or IWantToGarden.com. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Urban Farm Podcast. Remember to listen three days a week for tips, advice, and resources to help you on your journey with urban farming. You can find us on the web at urbanfarm.org or send us an email to podcast at urbanfarm.org. In the words of Vincent Van Gogh, great things are done by a series of small things brought together. Be encouraged that with each lesson learned and skill developed, you are one step closer in the direction of your dreams. Hey, Urban Farm Podcast listeners. If you're as passionate about preserving the bounty of each season as we are, hey, I canned my first peaches at the age of 18, and that was a long time ago, then you're going to love what our friends over at Denali Canning have in store for you. They're on a mission to spread the love and knowledge of food preservation, and they're inviting you to join the journey for free. Right now, Denali Canning is offering free canning lids to anyone who wants to dive deeper into the world of food preservation. Yes, you heard that right, absolutely free. It's the perfect opportunity for both seasoned canners and those curious about starting. Denali is about quality, reliability, and supporting the canning community, ensuring that you get the best results every time you preserve. So why not give it a try? Visit DenaliCanning.com forward slash free to claim your free lids and start your preserving adventures today. That's DenaliCanning.com forward slash free.